Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. If it's the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between, we're throwing it down here this evening. Major League Baseball trade deadline day. Countdown to kickoff. NFL preseason. Uh, we've been looking so forward to the NFL preseason, but baseball has taken center stage over the last uh, week or so. And I can't wait for the baseball playoffs. I can't wait for uh, week nine of the CFL. We're liking a card uh, this week. But liking a card doesn't mean you're automatically going to win. There's a lot of times. How many times NFL Sunday have you have you been like, you know what I mean, all week long you love the games, Sunday morning you start betting big money, you think, man, it's going to be a great day. The games start off great and you're thinking, I should have bet more. And then by the end of it, you're like, what the hell? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> how did this How did this happen? Nothing beats NFL Sunday, right? Nothing beats. It's not even the games, too. Although I will say the NFL's gotten better over the last couple of years. People wouldn't admit it in the past, but it was true. Like, NFL, like Saturdays are better than Sundays. Saturday is wall-to-wall. There's more games, right? So there's, like, a higher percentage that you're going to get better football on a Saturday with college football. At least, like, from an entertainment standpoint. There's always going to be crazy upsets. Like, there's always going to be an upset or two on a Saturday. There's always going to be some crazy game that's, like, 52-51 or whatever. So, you know, from, from an entertainment standpoint, the NFL lacks sometimes. But I'll give them credit. They've done a better job. I think they knew. They're like, you know what? We're charging these networks a lot of money. we got to do a better job of, like, making sure we get good games on TV. And, I, you know, you look at the primetime schedule uh, this year. Let's be real. Monday Night Football has sucked rocks over the years, right? Like, I don't know how ESPN gets screwed as hard as they do and they get the worst games, but they did. I just think because they came in at the back end of this thing. Because basically, the Sunday afternoon networks, they get to choose first, right? They get to choose first, and and then Sunday night football comes in. But it seems like Sunday night football gets all the best games all the time, right? And and then ESPN ends up with the Jags and the Titans or something. <laughs> like, on Monday, like Monday night football has been bad, bad. I can't even keep up anymore. Who's the new Monday Night Football crew? What do they do? 
Oh, it's uh, Aikman and Buck. That's it. They stole the Fox guys. It's a- 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 Aikman and Buck are going to be on Monday Night Football now. The Levy, Riddick, and uh, and Greasy got thrown under the bus. The Manning cast thing is like the most popular thing. Hey, listen, you got Aikman. And I'm a big Aikman fan. I like Aikman. I like Buck as well. Uh, it's it's a solid it's a solid crew. It's uh it's it's a solid crew that they have. All right, so big big movement here, and we're gonna get into this with Steve Merrill in a couple of moments. What difference is is there, how much of a difference is there between 30 and a half and 33 and a half? There kind of is. Feels like a big difference. Oh yeah, countdown to kickoff is on. It's getting real. It's getting real, real. Like less than 48 hours away, real. Las Vegas Raiders, two and a half point favorites over the Jacksonville Jaguars. The total is now 30 and a half. I am Gabriel Morenci. This is Sports Rage. Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Networks, the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thanks to Bob Ryan for joining us and sharing uh, his thoughts on Bill Russell. Vince Scully has unfortunately passed away uh, this evening at the age of 94. And I really don't know what Major League Baseball uh, can do, um, what the Hall of Fame can do, but you know um, that the honors will be coming. And the Los Angeles Dodgers aren't, it's not, listen, the Los Angeles Dodgers aren't the, uh, the Los Angeles Kings when it comes to statues. Right, like if you look at like you got a Jackie Robinson statue, and they just unveiled a Sandy Colfax just now, a Sandy Colfax statue. Although statues seem to be like a new thing, and every team is like, oh, we better build a statue. But if you're building statues, then you're hard pressed not to build a statue for Vince Scully. We should note they did name the street like going into the stadium after him already, right? When he was alive, which is pretty cool. That you know you showed you showed the recognition. That's the thing. We're all nice to people when they die. How about we acknowledge them when they're alive? And. Um, Great find uh, by our, uh, our crew here and uh, Matthias and uh, in in getting Vince Scully's final uh, send off uh, here. If we can uh, roll roll the tape, Matthias, and hear the great Vince Scully's voice here. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. For every problem life seems a faithful friend to share, for every sigh a sweet song and an answer for each prayer. You and I have been friends for a long time, but I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. And I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what? There will be a new day and eventually a new year. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully, Wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon, wherever you may be. May God. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, 
and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Tuesday continues. This is Fortress. I am Gable Brancino. The players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Sirius XM Channel 159, about your 1090 ESPN Radio. Shout out to our AM Radio affiliates. The Major League Baseball trade deadline has come and uh, gone. Let's bring in a man um, that's in an area that uh, was very active when it came to the trade deadline. As the Washington Nationals finally pulled the trigger. They deal uh, Juan Soto and Josh Bell to San Diego. And then the Nationals were taking on Jacob DeGrom. And the New York Mets, and the Mets closes minus 375 favorites. And, of course, Steve Merrill, the Washington Nationals, win the baseball game <laughs> 5-1. How you doing, Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com? What's up, Steve? So I'm doing Monday's show on wagertalk.com. And Marco D'Angelo took the Mets on Monday, minus one and a half. And Teddy covers myself. We're all like, it's impossible to make a case for the Nats. And then we were talking about the game again. And Mets win 7-3, of course, Monday. And Scherzer was returning. Uh, we talked about it today. We're like, you know, it's hard to make a case once again for Washington with all the distractions. As we were doing the show live at noon today, Soto gets dealt. Um, but they bit. And Dave Sherapin was actually on with us. That's when we were talking about it today. It was Teddy, Dave, and me. And, you know, Sheriff made a great point. He's like, you only, you got to be right like more than three out of four times playing against the Nationals going forward to make money. Um, but I will say, Gabe, minus one and a half hurts a lot less, right? If you're going to play the Mets in these big favorites, you got to lay the run line. Even tonight, though, they were almost minus 200. So that was tough. And, you know, Close it was to Minus 205, Steve. Right. <laughs> minus one and a half. Minus one and a half. But isn't it a reminder? Even. <laughs> wow. Isn't it a reminder, though? You and I talked about the uh, the COVID game. With the uh, with the Kansas City Royals, yeah, they lost the rest of the series, but they won the first game when they had uh, when they literally had ten players out um, that were unvaccinated. Um, and you know, I remember Steve going back. I guess it was two years ago when when college football when you know, oh my God, Boise's without twenty two guys, or yeah, you know, Boston College is without eighteen guys. Seemed like those teams would always cover the point spread. Like it's. There's no logic to sports betting, is there, Steve? I guess as much as we'd want there to be, and you're a pretty logical and numbers-driven guy, I am not, but I do like Star Trek, so I do believe in logic. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of times in which, you know what I mean, crazy things happen. There, there are variables to this stuff. 
Yeah, and, and let's not forget about the best angle in all of sports is betting NBA teams when they're without their key players. I knew you were going to say that. When yeah, everybody's out, they always win. They win but a game outright as 14-point underdogs all the time. <laughs> right, and so here's the one big difference, and I talked about this with Teddy the last couple of days and Dave today. You know, the one difference with baseball versus football or basketball is that the point spread in those NBA games are a great example. The NBA lines would be, you know, five, six, seven points, nine points, sometimes different because of it. Now, like you said, a lot of times it didn't matter. The team would still win outright on the money line, but baseball is a money line sport, you know, so even when the Mets are minus 300, minus 400, it does. If they win, it doesn't matter, right? They could be minus 1,000. If they win, it's the same. But in the long run, it does matter because now the Nationals hitting tonight is a big dog. You can be wrong a couple more times and still make money. Um, but the other thing, I do think there's a human nature element too, and I do think that's a big handicapping factor when a key player's out, whether it's college football, the NBA. And now that Soto is gone, I think that was actually a spark in hindsight for the Nationals. You know, the other players are like, look. That whole drama for the last three weeks on where he was going to go, we all knew he was going somewhere, is done. We can refresh, and we can be the man now. And I think a lot of times professional athletes especially step up in that role. I think you're exactly right, Steve. And I brought it up from a Dodgers perspective uh, tonight because the Dodgers the Dodgers didn't make any major moves as far as, you know, as far as the deadline is concerned. And they were, they were, you know, rumored to be interested in Soto. I don't know how interested they really were. But my point was, Steve, I think, and I said on on the show tonight before the game on Game Time Decisions on the TV show, I said I would expect the Dodgers clubhouse to be in a pretty good mood tonight. Nobody got traded. Not no one. You know what I mean? Nothing. You know, they, dude. They, you know, they're a dominant team. Soto shows up. Somebody's sitting. Right. It changes the dynamic. So you know, guys, they're all buddies, and there's all little clicks, and guys are talking. Oh man, if Soto comes, bro, I probably don't play anymore, or they might trade me, or right. So I think Steve, you're right. There's a collective sort of, you know sigh of relief at a lot of clubhouses moving forward one way or the another now that they know they know what's in front of them for the next couple of months. Exactly right. I mean, if you're on the Nationals, you might not be Josh Bell or Juan Soto, but you might be the third guy in that deal, like you're saying, Gabe. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. And, you know, there's some some side damage to these guys that aren't expected to be traded. They get thrown in a three- or four-player deal, so they can all kind of sigh, breathe a sigh of relief, like you're saying. And a lot of times when you're playing tight, you're not playing well. So, I think we still have to tread lightly the next few days now that the trade deadline is over for that exact reason. Yeah, we're not saying we're taking the Nationals every day now or anything like right, that exactly. for the rest of the season. Yeah. Right, and, you know, and, and one other thing I'll point out, too, though, I like the youth movement. Obviously, in September, August is different, but a lot of times in September, teams yep. that are two, three to one underdogs, they win a lot because the youth movement comes up. They've got nothing to lose. They're playing loose. Exactly. And, it, and that could happen. No, you're exactly right, Steve. And I was thinking about that, too, and people even with the Nationals and stuff. Yeah, Juan Soto is a great player, and I know he hit a home run last night, but – or, like – you. you He's thinking about getting traded. Everybody's thinking about, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen over the next couple of nights? And, like, look at the Kansas City Royals. When they got the guys, the guys that came up from Omaha had a, more of an energy. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm just saying, like, the Washington National dugout was probably in a better mood tonight than they have been in a little while. Right? Like, that's the whole thing. Like, young guys, look at the Philadelphia Phillies. Right? When they fired Joe Girardi, one of the reasons why was because he refused to play young players. And then after... After Thompson came in, he played some young guys, but then everybody got hurt with Philadelphia. And a lot of the young guys, I know they've been a streaky team, but a lot of the young guys were good because they were sort of forced to play. And Thompson said it made the clubhouse a better clubhouse. You know, Steve, if guys don't feel like they're contributing, like, you know what I mean? Everybody needs to feel like they're contributing or their career is progressing. You know what I mean? And it's such a long season. It's 162 games, you know? It's like an NBA and an NHL season combined. So you're going to have rhythms. You're going to have up and downs. You're going to have slumps more Impossible than any Impossible to be sharp every day. Right, you know, hitting, batting slumps. And you hear me talk a lot about offensive momentum with teams when they're hitting the ball and when they're not hitting the ball. 
Um, and by the way, DeGrom, they didn't lose that game five one night because of DeGrom's return. No. That was kind of an X factor. He pitched really well at the hooks. He gave what, five innings, three hits, one earned run, six Ks, 46 strikes, 13 balls. Future betters, if he stays healthy, man, I wouldn't want to play the Mets with Scherzer and him going four or five games out of seven. Well, okay, so let's get into uh, the futures uh, right now because, Steve, I was talking a lot over the last week and a half or so. I never really fully believed that he was going to go to the Dodgers. And I also told people it really wouldn't matter as far as the odds are concerned because the Dodgers are already, you know what I mean, they're plus 350 right now. Like a great example, Steve, look at the Yankees. They added a bunch of stuff like over the last couple of days. Their odds haven't changed. Right? Like they're plus 330 because they were already good. Um, but right. I was telling people, St. Louis, St. Louis, we kept hearing about St. Louis. They were 40 to 1, uh, St. Louis. And I said, listen, if if they get Juan Soto, this thing goes from 40 to 1 to like 18 to 1, 15 to 1. I actually believed it would be that extreme. San Diego were interesting, Steve, because San Diego were lingering in the 17, 18 to 1 neighborhood over the last week or so. They actually went to 20 to 1 last night. And now at FanDuel are currently 10 to 1. Is Juan Soto worth a uh, 50% uh, price check uh, cut uh, to the odds, in your opinion, Steve? No, but, of course, as we always say at these future odds, they're not letting you take the other side of that bet either yeah. at minus 1,200. And they did right? bring in Josh Hader and Josh Bell. Like, San Diego went aggressive. They were all in. Problem is, they're still going to be the wild card team. They're 11 yep. and a half behind the Dodgers, you know, so they're not winning that division, which means they're going to be in a very tight situation just to advance in the playoffs. Small it's really margin of error, isn't it? Exactly. At least it's not one game anymore, Steve, thank God, because that was That stupid. is true. Yeah, that was the worst. Like, you basically, as we talked about last year, like, yeah, you, the can't Dodgers. Play, yeah, you can't play the wild card teams on futures because they might be done in one game. It's just like, you have to, they're better off just waiting until the series gets set. Um, but San Diego still, I don't think they have the pitching to win the whole thing. Um, look, the division leaders, in my opinion, in the NL are the three teams to beat. The Mets with Scherzer and DeGrom, as I just said. The Brewers, even though they're only a couple ahead of the Cardinals, Woodruff and Burns is a damn tough four or five game set out of seven. And the Dodgers, I think, are the best team in baseball. I mean, the Yankees might have the best run, the diff- run differential or record overall, but do you really want to play the Dodgers if you're anybody else? The Dodgers have quietly, Steve, and I'd like them for them to just pass the Yankees just to, to define it, but they have a better win percentage than the Yankees do. <laughs> they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. Because yeah, our, our boy on, on the network, Kevin Walsh, was, went to the Yankee Two game less tonight. games, you're right. Yeah, he went to the Yankee game tonight, and he tweeted, going to see the best team in baseball. And I responded to him on Twitter, love him, but I responded to him. I said, I didn't know you were in San Francisco tonight going to see the Dodgers. Talking about the best team in baseball. You're right. And I told that. him, best, best win percentage. They do. The Dodgers had the best win percentage in baseball. Yeah, and they're about 10 net runs behind them. I think they will pass them. We've talked about the Yankees. I think at some point they're going to start coasting. And the Dodgers, even though they have the same big lead, I just don't see them coasting because they've been there and done that. They're, they're the best lineup. I mean, Aaron Judge is making a lot of noise, but I don't think New York's pitching is any better. I think the Dodgers have more star hitters from top to bottom. Um, I, I just really think they're going to win it all this year. They've only won one title. With all these great teams they've had, as you know, the Dodgers fan, they've only won that one World Series still, so it's not like they've overachieved. They need another one. Steve Merrill kicking with us. The late night anger man for five more. Steve on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The Twisted Tuesday continues. This is Sports Rich. I am Gabriel Ramsey on the Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius XM Channel 159, a muddier 1090 ESPN Radio. Steve Merrill from ProSportsInfo.com and WagerTalk.com joining us. We're talking Major League Baseball. We'll take a look at Thursday night's NFL preseason season opener in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, but, uh, Steve, we've got a full slate of baseball on Wednesday, early uh, baseball and it's still an interesting dynamic, Steve, with all these trades, um, rosters, players on the move, rosters not really what they will be. And I think this will continue, actually, for a couple of days uh, right now. But a recently traded player is set to make his debut for the Seattle Mariners, Luis Castillo, of course, acquired uh, from the Cincinnati Reds. The M, Steve, with a big 8-6 win tonight in a back-and-forth uh, back affair in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium. Seattle plus 164 with Castillo on the hill. Garrett Cole minus 196, total seven and a half. And I know that the Yankees are great, and I know that Garrett Cole's a badass, but man, it's a pretty big price to be giving Seattle. Yeah, I don't think we ever came out and said it a few weeks ago, but I think you and I probably both would have agreed if you blindly play against the Yankees. Well, actually, I did say it on some shows. I said you're not going to no, make we money. We did. We've talked about yeah. it. My, my quote was, Steve. They're going to be priced like a team that's 35 games over 500 when in reality they're playing like a 500 team, right? right. They were 18 and 17 over a 35-game span. They showed a little spark over the last couple of days. They lose tonight, but I agree with you. I think they're a play-against team. Yeah, and you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I know what I said. I said you're not going to make money playing on them, and the reason I hesitated saying you'd make money playing against them is because they're such a big favorite. You're talking like a 40 or 50 cent split with the underdog price, you know, so you get to a point where you could actually lose both ways. You and I talked about it. You were saying, remember I said, because they don't score that much. You were saying it's right. hard to lay prices with a team that doesn't get many hits. Right, you take the plus one and a half, it'd probably be, you know, the nice thing about the run line also is you're getting more of a 20 cent line, you know, because you're getting, you know, when you get to minus 250, 300, it's like a 50 cent split. And you don't even make money playing either side sometimes with the house edge that big. Um, exactly right about the Yankee offense. Um, they live by the big power shots, but they aren't a team that gets a lot of base hits. And for that reason, I think um, you can still make some money playing against them the next couple of months. They're also going to have a they have a huge lead. They're going to take their foot off the gas, but they're going to still be priced like an A-class team, even though they're not playing that way, probably. And if you recall, Steve, off the top of your head, Luis Castillo dominated the Yankees like 10 days ago. A week and a half ago, Cincinnati were in uh, Cincinnati. Oh, it's about two weeks ago. Cincinnati yeah. were in New York, and he was dominant. Like, I think he had a no-hitter going into, like, the seventh inning uh, type of deal. I think no-hitter through five, maybe, whatever. He, I think he gave up one run when it was all said and done. But Lewis, so Lewis Castillo just did dominate uh, this Yankee lineup, and now he's got a better lineup behind him. Seattle's battling right now, Steve. They were red hot, obviously, with a 14-game win streak. Going into the All-Star break, we talked about if there was one team that didn't need a break, it was Seattle. But their schedule has been brutal post-All-Star break, Steve. 
They don't. They're not. Look, they're in. They're in New York now, playing the Yankees. They played the Astros twice, right? Remember, you and I talked about it. Another thing we talked about about the yeah. Mariners haven't lost to a team besides Oakland. Yeah. Now fact, it's the Yankees. They, <laughs> they beat them the tonight Yankees on the second, but it's a good stat still, Gabe, because they beat them on the second, but they lost to the Yankees on the first. So, in July and August, their only losses came against the Astros and Yankees. Since so July. an entire month, yeah. There's no shame in that. The two best teams in in, in, in the league, right, in exactly. the American League. And by the way, they play the Angels for four games after this New York game tomorrow, starting on Friday. Um, and Anaheim, it's funny, I was doing the baseball show Tuesday afternoon with Drew Martin, Dave Koken at Wager Talk, and um, we analyzed that Athletics-Angels game, and Dave Koken sharply said, you know, tread lightly, I'm not sure Syndergaard's going to make this start tonight, and the Wiley veteran, he was exactly right, because he got dealt as well before game time. That's what I'm saying, clubhouse shakeups. Noah Syndergaard dealt to the Philadelphia Phillies. Syndergaard dealt to the Phillies. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I wouldn't have a problem. Like, I think any contending team could use Syndergaard that, that's going to the playoffs just to get some depth and another arm. Uh, Steve, a, a move that was made right at the, right at the deadline, right at, like it broke, like right around 6 o'clock Eastern, actually. Um, Whit Merrifield to the Toronto Blue Jays. Whit Merrifield's a good baseball player. That was a good pickup uh, by the Blue Jays. It's a good win for him tonight also because this is a team that had been a game below 500 against a Tampa team that's much stronger in that ugly Thunderdome down there. Uh, yeah. Tampa's offense just so ice cold. One run. And they show they can win a low-scoring pitching right, game exactly. tonight, the Blue Jays. Playoff-style baseball, Steve. Yeah, I actually cast on – I mentioned the Rays on the shows today. Gossman's actually, my, good, Steve. Sorry, let me just throw it in. Gossman's a good pitcher, bro. He's pitched well for the Jays. Well, that was actually my top best bet was actually the under in that game for my clients. And I mentioned the Rays as a free dog because I thought they were a live dog with the home field advantage and whatnot. And I thought it'd be a low-scoring game. But, um, yeah, the one of the reasons I really like the under is because Toronto's offense, we're talking about hits again, uh, six hits or less coming into nine and four of their previous five games. So they weren't exactly crushing the ball like they have at times this year. So, uh, Steve, uh, we're talking about Seattle. Seattle are plus one and a half, minus 140. And the Yankees do play close games. We see them win close games. We saw tonight was a close game. Tonight, guys, it was a one-run game going into the into the ninth. Seattle added some insurance uh, to get to get the eighth run. I'm going to pull the trigger with Seattle uh, here, Steve. The Atlanta Braves, uh, Morton on the hill, minus 142 against Wheeler and the Phillies. Another big game. That's an early one, 12 uh, 12:20 Eastern time uh, Wednesday morning. What's your take? Well, I mean, the Braves crushed them tonight 13-1, to um, and now it's a quick turnaround, like you said, 12-20 Eastern, a very early start on Wednesday. So, um, you know, sometimes you see teams let down after an easy win like that. Keep in mind, Atlanta on Sunday at home against Arizona, one run, five hits. So kind of a bipolar offense up and down recently, a quick turnaround after a crushing win tonight. I thought Baltimore, you know, you'd figure Baltimore would cool off a little bit. And, you know, considering they keep trading players every day, yeah, they keep winning. They keep winning. And they're underdogs again tomorrow, Steve, plus 128. Yeah, you know, at the beginning of the segment, the last segment, you mentioned my two local Beltway teams here. You know, I think everybody would have thought when the season began, both Baltimore and Washington would be sellers, right? Projected to be two of the worst teams in baseball. Well, you're right. They were both sellers. But what's incredible about that is the Orioles are only a few games out of the wild card spot, and they actually sold off. But I like that they did that. They got rid of a couple guys that are having nice seasons that aren't going to be long-term great players. They got a lot more prospects coming in from a already loaded youth class, which has helped them play well this season. And they're not taking their foot off the gas. You know, they went in and had a good game against Texas. Um, Baltimore is not showing any signs of letting up. And I thought actually being sellers at the trade deadline, despite still being in playoff contention, was really a smart move. And I also think, Steve, we were talking about confidence in the clubhouse right now. If you're a young Baltimore Oriole player, yeah, you know. We believe you know, in you. Yeah, you're exactly. They're like, you know what, guys? The, we're the guys that they believe in moving forward. This, this is it. Let's go out and prove them right. Right? And you're exactly right. 
there's something to it, guys. It's not just, you know, superstars. If it was just superstars, you know, the, team, the Angels would be, you know, 50 games above 500 instead of the 500 Dodgers below, have right? more than one title yeah, the last exactly. five years. Like the Yankees like haven't won a World Series since 2009 or 10 or something, Steve. Right. 10, I think. Like it's, you know what I mean? Baseball, you can grind, man. Can't see the Royals. Can't see the Royals won World Series. Um, speaking of the Mets, we were just saying the other day, we were just saying um, – uh, about tonight's game, and we uh, you don't want to take the Nationals every day now or anything like that. But once again, I don't trust the Mets here at minus 255. Bassett versus Sanchez, Steve. No, look, once again, if you're going to play it, you play the run line minus the one and a half, minus 150, 145. You know, get that cut in half at least. Um, and if you're going to play the Nats, take a flyer with them at plus 210, plus 220, wherever this line closes. Because I still think it's okay playing the big favorites. But what I would not be doing is tying them up in three or 14 parlays because they're going to bite you like they did tonight at some point. Wild movement with the NFL game before we get Steve Merrill yep. out of here. The total was 33 and a half. It's been bet down to 30 and a half right now. The Sharps have attacked this thing. And as far as the side is concerned, this thing has really just gone all over the place. It's just going back and forth, back and forth, starting to settle in right now. Um, the Raiders are minus two and a half point favorites now with word that Trevor Lawrence is not going to play. But, Steve, I find that fascinating because I never believed Trevor Lawrence was going to play. <laughs> so, like, I like how, like, oh, no, here Lawrence is out and, and he Chen's not playing. Oh, really? You know, they're, they're number one pick and the kid coming off for surgery is not playing in the Hall of Fame game, <laughs> right? So I find that interesting. So the Jags are now getting two and a half, and uh, the total is 30 and a half. I looked it up, Steve, as far as 33 and a half and 30. Only one one game in the last five years, fell in between. What's the difference between 33 and a half and 30 and a half, in your opinion? Uh, I'm so glad you asked, Gabriel, because I pulled this up this afternoon. Dave yeah. Sherapan, Teddy Covers, and I talking over at Wager Talk. And look, I pulled up numbers from about seven, eight years ago, 2013. But the reason I did that was because games were more in this range, right? Preseason numbers games. you pulled up or regular? No, this is just regular when games were lower scoring, you know, like a decade ago. Because you have to do that. Because like you said, games don't land here anymore, right? So 30 is a key number. We all know 37 used to be the key number with totals back 20 years ago when we all started. But 32 and 31 are dead numbers. You're talking about a 1, 1.5% chance. There's about a 3 4% chance this game lands on 30. So 30.5 is a key number. We'll see if it hits 30 or not by kickoff. Um, by the way, a seven-point teaser, you'd be able to get it up to 37.5 right now. 37 is a very critical number, like I said. So is 34, 35 a little bit. Um, I'd like to get the teaser up, you know, Jacksonville plus three to plus 10 and do that. So we'll keep an eye on these numbers. They're both hovering around very key numbers about the side in total right now. Yeah, I don't have a problem with a Jacksonville Jaguar teaser, even up to plus the nine and a half. And I get these key numbers. And listen, guys, we all know 17, 14, boom, 31. There it is. But that's about it, though. That's yeah. like the only one that gets you there, though, if you think of, well, 21-10, I guess. Yeah. yeah, 21. But, you know, Steve, in these preseason games, they go for two. They miss extra points. Like right, there's, exactly. The weird stuff happens, guys. Like, it's not as – we see weird stuff happens in regular season games now. Right? We all talk about these damn key numbers all week, and then the first touchdown, the jackass kicker will miss the extra point, and there's your key number out the window. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it happens all the time. But in – like, oh, the other one thing is, oh, you know what? No one's playing for a tie, Steve. Everyone goes for the win at the end. Little little nuances like that where they go for two and stuff. 
Yeah, and by the way, um, one thing to point out, you know, everyone has three preseason games this year. These two teams have four. So it's even more of a reason not to play your key players at all, in my opinion, because they get an extra preseason game. Um, it used to be five and four. Now it's four and three for everybody else. So once again, I would not expect the starters to play much, if any. If I was a coach, I wouldn't be playing them much, especially early in training camp. It just makes no sense. Coaches don't like playing in the Hall of Fame game because it throws the routine off because right. they don't really try and then everyone else is in the rehearsal game. But they do like the fact that they get to practice earlier uh, than everybody else. So it goes it goes two ways. Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com. Steve, it's always a pleasure, man. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Thanks, Gabe. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Your husband's work is what we call outsider art. It could be by a mental patient or a hillbilly or a chimpanzee. I am the chimpanzee. Let's rock. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Baranci. Sirius XM Channel 159. Thanks to Steve Merrill, the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The National Football League has uh, penalized uh, the Miami Dolphins. They took away their next round, first round uh, draft pick. They fined the owner, Stephen Ross, $1.5 million for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. Yet we discussed, uh, and listen, everybody discussed uh, Deshaun Watson a lot yesterday, and we told you that it would be forgotten about in a couple of days. And is anybody outraged and talking about Deshaun Watson anymore? Talking about Juan Soto, Major League Baseball trade deadline. Vin Scully just passed away. That's the thing, right? In today's society, if you say something offensive or if you screw up or you do something or if you make a mistake, right, it doesn't really matter. Like, people will forget in the next 24 to 48 hours. If you have a fear of, like, public failure, like, just think about that. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Like, think about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even if you walked up to the, you know, the most beautiful women that you've ever seen in your life and you thought you had no chance and you walked up and she told you to get bent and jump off a roof or something, 
whatever. You know what I mean? You'd forget, and an hour later, you wouldn't remember, and neither would she. You know what I'm saying? Like, people like um, people don't remember things. It's, that's how politicians survive nowadays. It's like, yeah, whatever. Somebody else will do something stupid in an hour anyways. And You know what I mean? You just have to hope somebody does something, like, dumber than you. So now, you notice, though, nobody really cares about this dolphin story. And I don't know, what's the deal here? I thought, like, I don't know, the Dolphins were accused of everything, right? The league said, oh, no, they weren't throwing games. So they were fined uh, $1.5 million, Stephen Ross. Stephen Ross is one of the richest men in America. Finding him, like, $1.5 million is like finding me 15 cents. Like, honestly, $1.5 million is almost, like, pointless to a guy like him. <laughs> you have to do like they do to, uh, to, to like, the Russians. You got to take his yacht. That would have upset him. He said, listen, we're taking one of your boats. <laughs> like, you know I mean, that would have upset him. So you, you, you want to meet him on a boat? We're seizing the boat. We're seizing the yacht. Uh, NFL strips Miami Dolphins of 2023 first-round pick. Find Stephen Ross $1.5 million for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. So, essentially, essentially, nobody in Miami is wanted. <laughs> like... Like, like, seriously, if you're Tua, you've got coaches that don't like you. You've got owners that are secretly trying to, like, get Tom Brady behind your back. And if you're the coach there, whoever the coach is, it's like, yeah, we'd rather have Sean Payton here. <laughs> so, like, wow. All right, with all that being stated, I still like the Dolphins over eight and a half this year. The NFL notified the Miami Dolphins on Tuesday the team would be stripped of its uh, first-round pick uh, in the next draft, among other disciplinary measures for violations of the league's policy relating to the integrity of the game. Following a six-month investigation, the league found the Dolphins. I like how they dropped this at the exact same time the trade deadline was, too. <laughs> Following a six-month investigation, the league found the Dolphins' primary team owner, Stephen Ross, and vice chairman limited partner, Bruce Beal, violated the anti-tampering policy on three occasions. In between 2019 and 2022, in conversations with quarterback Tom Brady and then the agent for then New Orleans Saint coach Sean Payton. The NFL, however, found no evidence that the team intentionally lost games during the 2019 season. Former Dolphin coach Brian Flores said in his lawsuit alleging racism in the league's hiring practices that Ross attempted to incentivize him to tank or purposely lose games shortly after he was hired with Ross allegedly offering Flores $100,000 for every loss that season. That sounded like a ridiculous claim, to be honest. I, I, you know, listen, there was no secret the Dolphins were trying to tank. They traded everybody. But I don't believe that Stephen Ross offered $100,000 extra. Like, basically, like, Stephen Ross is one of the richest men in America. He would expect his employee to do what the hell, like, he was told to do to, in the first place. Without, incent, you know what I mean, incentives. He'd be like, incentivized. I've already paid you. Do what I tell you to do. Flores alleged the team, um, the team won games late in the season. Um, that uh, Stephen Ross was mad. Yeah, you cost them the number one pick. That's why. <laughs> and you never made them into a winner. So anyways, all right, Ross gets fined $1.5 million. I want to see about the tampering with Brady. So what's the deal with the boat stuff here? Brady will not incur any punishment. Well, why not? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a legitimate question? So what? Like Brady? So this is what? They're, they're, they're saying that this is like, so they're going to bust the... They're going to bust the hooker, but not the John. Is that like, the, you know what I mean?
Like I, like, I like how, well, no, Tom Brady won't, even though Tom Brady was there. Like, you know, so uh, what's the deal here? Ross was fine, $1.5 million. Um, he's suspended through October the 17th. He's not allowed to be permitted at Dolphins facility or represent the team at any team event. He also can't attend any league meetings before the annual meeting in 2023. Can he go to games? Doesn't say anything about permitted at Dolphins facility. Didn't say anything about games or stadium, did it? Brady will not incur any punishment. All right. Beal was fined five hundred thousand dollars. Isn't permitted to attend any league meetings. So he was the uh, he's the he's the uh, he's Ross's right hand man. Beal spearheaded communications with Tom Brady, then the New England Patriots quarterback, when he was still under contract. Ross and other Dolphin executives were informed of the content of those conversations. Both Ross and Beal tampered with Brady once again following the 2021 season when he was under contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This time, however, the conversation centered on Brady joining the team as a limited partner and possible football executive. Although the possibility of him playing for the team was discussed. <laughs> Uh, finally, in January 22, the NFL found out the Dolphins um, had legal communications with Don Yee. We don't have to ask uh, Rick Saratella about this, who represent both Brady and Sean Payton, about Sean Payton, about becoming Miami's next head coach. I don't know, man. Like, all this tampering stuff. Like, everybody. Like, really? Like, you know, like this James Harden and the Philly stuff? Whatever. Does anybody care? Does it, like, you know what I mean? Like, all these deals and stuff. You look at, like, the NBA. And you really think, and as you know, soon as the clock strikes midnight, these deals are announced and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, you guys worked out a $280 million contract in 30 seconds, right? Come on, man. Yeah, whatever, dude. So they want to get Sean Payton. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. It seemed to, it, it, I don't care, I guess. I'm just saying, I just told you about this because, um, you know, we figured we'd keep you up to date. It was a story in the NFL today, <laughs> right? And I, I bet $1,000 on the Dolphins today. Um, and you know what? I don't think anyone in the Dolphins' room cares about this. And in fact, if you're a Dolphin player, it's better for you. They don't have a first-round pick next year. Somebody won't lose their job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, people don't realize how athletes think. It's like, oh, good, good. We don't have a first-round pick. Perfect. Right? And like the, the players in the room will be like, yeah, this doesn't affect me in one way at all. And in fact, it might help me, make me more money because they're, they're short a pick now. Um, I do like the Dolphins over eight and a half a lot this year. I put the play in on the Cleveland Browns, and that number keeps going up, I'm telling you, too. And I'm here, listen, we got nine and a half. I'm here, and there's nines uh, popping up in Vegas right now for the Browns. I don't see how they get to 10 wins. I like the Chicago Bears a lot. It's time to really start, uh, you know, not just talking about this stuff, but putting our bets in uh, with this stuff as well. So the NFL preseason starts on Thursday night. The Raiders and the Jags. The Raiders are now up to um, to two-and-a-half-point favorites. We talk about the benefits of the benefits of betting on the preseason. And I understand if people don't want to put a ton of money on a preseason game. But, for, you know, the people that just ignore it, you know, entirely, like basically you can learn a lot from watching these teams in the preseason going into the real season. And more so with bad teams, right? You know what I mean? We're not going to learn very much from the Buffalo Bills in the preseason. Like, whatever happens. Like, if the Buffalo Bills win a bunch of games in the preseason, who cares? Right? Like, so what? They got to win the Super Bowl. If the Buffalo Bills lose a bunch of games in the preseason, who cares? They need to win the Super Bowl. 
right? But I'm telling you, like last year, the Bengals, you just see things. Like it's an, you know what I mean? If you've been around the game and you've been around betting, you know what I mean? You just sort of pick up on things about, wow, you know what? This team actually is, is not very good, right? Like, right, you can realize like this team has serious issues in the secondary with their depth. That's the, you know, it's, it's a great study session. And it's something that we don't talk about enough, actually. Professional bettors, um, you know, like really, I'm talking about pro guys that are betting like serious thousands of dollars, you know, a game and stuff like that. Like, you know, like the, the you know, the, oh, do you watch a game that you don't bet on? Well, you watch a sporting event you don't bet on. You should. You should. Right? And sometimes, you know, watching a game... Watching a game without without having money on it takes a little stress off, and you can watch it in an unbiased, unbiased you know way. Put it this way: like the Baltimore Orioles, I didn't like. I wasn't Johnny come lately with the Baltimore Orioles when they started winning games. Like a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon after, right? But we told you if you tune in to the show, we talked about it. And we saw them play the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, you know, we, 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 the Blue Jays are always on when we're on the TV show uh, at 6 and 7 o'clock Eastern time. And, you know, so we watched the Baltimore, the Baltimore-Toronto series intently, like basically. We bet on it and stuff. And one by one, and I watched Baltimore play Boston. And, you know, this is before they, they went on the streak or anything, and I was watching them play, and I brought up, I said to Cam on the TV show, I said, you know, I said, Baltimore are actually not a bad baseball team, as crazy as this sounds. And I think a lot of people laughed because they were like sub-500 at the time, right? A lot of sub-500. And I said, I like what I see. There's a lot of stuff I like what I see from this Baltimore team. And then, boom, you know, they went on like a 34-14 and 14 run or whatever the hell they went on. Right? And same thing in the preseason. You can pick things up. But at the same point in time, it doesn't mean that you bet every preseason game. You need to put the work in. Right? You need to – and listen, you should be putting the work in in the regular season. But the regular season, everybody else puts the work in for you. Right? People like me, TV shows, everybody, you know what I mean? Every website, every video is telling you, oh, they're this against the spread. and Right? The NFL is gift wrap for you, all the information. In the preseason – if you put the work in, you can you can make some you know you you can win. You you know you you're gonna win more than you lose. You gotta put the work in. And when I say put the work in, you don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to run laps or anything like that. You just have to read about every team and read the local media. Read the local media from people that follow these teams. Vinny B, Vinci Bonsignor, who was on the uh, on on the program with us the other night with the Raiders, he's tweeting about the Raider camp all day, every day, right? Like every like, you know what I mean? This guy did this, this guy did that, this guy got hurt. You know what I mean? Soak up all the information, read the coaches' interviews, read the coaches' interviews. It it appears as if though the Jaguars, from their intentions aren't interested in winning this football game. Peterson doesn't care. I think the Raiders win, but I can live with the Jaguars on the teaser. This is Portrait. Bring it. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Tonight, thanks to Jason B. Takafin, Andrew McKenna, Steve Merrill, ESPN's Bob Ryan. Uh, Wednesdays, you know how how we roll Wednesdays. Is it Wednesday already? Is it just me? Doesn't it feel like it was just Wednesday a couple of days ago with Cam and Babano? <laughs> and, uh, oh, that's right, Bob last week was feeling... Um, um, Bob, and uh, we see Lisa's in the house in the late night hours. Will Bob make an appearance tomorrow night on on the, on the Wicked Wednesday? So, um, yeah, we got Cam, the Raging Redhead, tomorrow, and more. We'll get uh, we'll have more guests uh, as well. We'll be jam packed uh, throughout the week. Thursday night, NFL football starts, Hall of Fame game. I don't really think, you know, we were talking about this with Steve Merrill. I don't think there's that much of a difference between 30 and 30 and a half. 31's that number, right? Like, games don't really, you know what I mean? 31's that number, but a 17-14, it's going to be a bad game, all right? It's going to be a brutally bad game. <laughs> like, like, put it this way. If you want to watch real football on Thursday, watch the CFL game with Montreal and Winnipeg. Uh, that'll be more entertaining. But it doesn't mean we can't make money on this game. We'll break it down tomorrow night you know, in its entirety. We'll really get into it for everybody. And then on the TV radio show before the game, I think the Raiders win like 17-9 or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it'll go under. But I think, you know what I mean? I think it'll go under, but, you know, I don't know, 17-12 or something weird. Like, they see these preseason games have weird scores. But... We have a full week after that to really dig in because there's only one game this week, right? And then next week, there's everybody starts playing. And you'll notice, too, look already, look, Tim Patrick's out for the year in Denver right now. There are reports, just reports, um, that Odell Beckham is going to sign with the Indianapolis Colts. That was the rumor du jour earlier in the day, but there's been so much other, other bigger news going on. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, 
and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 